Welcome to Midnight Conversations. I'm edited every And I'm Stephen Bellows. I I I was thinking of other stuff. Uh, <laughs> it was so automated the process that I forgot the name of our podcast. Does that mean it's not a memorable podcast? Yeah. Perhaps I don't know. I get, I don't know. I thought I honestly thought it was a pause for effect. Welcome to oh, yeah, I should, Midnight I Conversations. Should it on like that. Could, yeah, yeah. No, definitely <laughs> pausing for effect. It was that. That's how we go. How are you going, Stephen? You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing pretty yeah. great. I think. I don't know. It's a Thursday, Wednesday. It's a it's Thursday. Thursday. So uh, yeah. I've I've made it this far through yeah, the nice. week. Um I f- I feel confident that I'll make it through the through the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's like a safe bet. Bit of a bit of a morbid start to the pod. I don't think we're all off for the greatest foot are we so far. I mean, I think it's uh, it's probably a reflection of the time of day that we're doing these podcasts now. It's uh, <laughs> doing it in our lunch break is probably right. a um, it, it's a heavy, heavy burden to carry. But you know, you and I are the perfect people to carry that burden. I think. Do you? I think. I think so too. Well, we haven't proven that yeah. yet, but we will um, <laughs> in time to come. Are you? Well? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm happy. We're getting. We're That's getting regular good. podcasts out. This is. This is key. You know, it's a. It's the the price we pay is 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 the lackluster <laughs> intro. The the unknown of what what's happening. But other than that, I think we're doing okay. Mm. Yeah, we we've got to be gentle on ourselves. Yes. You know, we're we're trying our best. We're getting in there. Um, creeping up on the fifty. The big five zero for our podcast number. I'm not sure if you, exciting, you've noticed exciting. that. So uh, it's only taken us a solid what three years. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was definitely <laughs> definitely a year in there that was a uh, swing and a hit, uh, swing and a miss. Sorry, with the um, yeah. with the I think we had three episodes last year. So it was three quality episodes, Look. quality high, probably our highest quality. quality episodes. I'd argue. I think so. Yeah, easily, easily top three episodes in my mind <laughs> from. <50. laughs> um, but Stephen, let's get into today's paper. Um, I mean, you, you brought cool. it to the table from a request from a listener, so it only feels right that you introduce it. Yes, I had a, uh, well, I have, I have a friend and an older colleague um, who, who messaged me. She had been particularly interested in the differences in, in people's ability to visualize mm. things. Um, and as a side note, she was, she kind of asked like, how do blind people or people that have been blind from birth dream? Mm. Um, and so I, I, it was quite hard to, to find a specific paper on like, uh, on, on dreaming, um, on how blind people dream, but there's quite a bit of research on the differences in how people visualize stuff. Mm. Um, so one paper I found. That's a really interesting was, question. Uh, by the way. Your, your, your it, friend it should is, be a, yeah. a scientist. It sounds it's a. Yeah, people who don't have because my initial instinct for that question of uh, mm. dreaming for people who have blindness would be linked to perhaps the images that they well. Firstly, I don't know what sort of dreams there are and how they differ from yeah. Yeah. people who can see. But my initial instinct is that well, when you're asleep, there's still activity in the brain, and whether this this activity is flashing maybe images lights colors or perhaps shapes that are seen but i'd be curious to know what whether it is uh, as concrete as what we, you and i see and then how you would differ this to mm. people who were blind at birth versus blind uh, as maybe w- when they were a teenager uh, they suffered some incident that resulted in a loss of eyesight so it would be interesting to compare those groups to see it so i mean that's how you'd probably I- tackle that question but 
I don't know the answer. It's really fascinating. I I, I did actually watch some YouTube okay. videos. Okay, well, what did you find? Or anecdotally, it sparked my yeah. interest. Um, yeah. So there's there's kind of this one guy who's been blind from birth that has a whole YouTube channel where he just answers people's questions. Um, this was obviously one that that had come up, and he basically explained that he dreams in the same sort of sensory feelings that he experiences when he's awake. In other words, he'll dream the sounds mm. and the smells and the the touches and stuff rather than the the visual experiences. Yeah. Like he, he has no visuals. Um, and then I watched another one of someone that was kind of blinded later in life, um, had some visual experiences as a child, and he would have like blurry sort of uh, visuals mm. um, of the trees and what, whatever he experienced as a child, mm. uh, which which is really interesting. Yeah. But this, uh, it goes to other sensations as well. The The question of someone who was born deaf, I mean, the sounds that they hear in the dreams, what are those sounds? Yeah. I mean, are there... They, they wouldn't they wouldn't be yeah so i mean yeah. imagine for instance there there are probably senses that we don't have you know there, there are all sorts of things going on in the world around us that that mm. we don't have the senses or receptors to pick up so we we can't dream you know things that we that our senses can't can't pick up in the ordinary yeah. Yeah. life um so it's 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 the same yeah. for, for blind and deaf people they just don't experience those fascinating you know, sensory yeah. feelings during this. Sleep. Yeah. Well, and and then this Very this thought process yeah. led you to this paper, which was about what, Stephen? Yes. Yeah. So the paper is entitled "Behavioral and Neural Signatures of Visual Imagery: Vividness Extremes, Aphantasia versus Hyperphantasia." Mm-hmm. So lots of fun words there. <laughs> um, it's it's uh, written by Adam Zen- Zeman. I think is the is one of the the key authors here. He seems to be one of the leading experts in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and has helped coin these terms of aphantasia and hyperphantasia, which are basically... So aphantasia being the lack of ability to visualize anything. You can't see stuff in your brain. And hyperphantasia is where you can like really vividly experience visualizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you did you kind of have, have a bit of a bit of a skim of the, the paper and, and yeah see definitely and and sort of what, and what they did so there? they were sort of delineating the differences in autobiographical memory between these groups people mm. who uh, yeah. were classified as having aphantasia or hyperphantasia or were classified as controls and see what the differences were in their recall of autobiographical memory memories about their own life experiences but before we get into those results Stephen where where do you fit mm. on the spectrum of someone with i guess aphantasia so low visual uh, perception um and control versus hyperphantasia do you have really good visual uh, not so so much memory but capacity to visualize problems are you a visual thinker i hate saying that word but do you, yeah you, <laughs> is visual thinking uh, someone that you is something you engage in mm-hmm. yes i think i'm very very much um like very close to the end of hyperphantasia okay. I, I visualize things pretty, pretty vividly. Yeah, interesting. How about you? What, what do you uh, yeah, I, so I, in when I was doing my education, because I've, I've been in both worlds of neuroscience and education, sort of the overlap between this, which is why I hate using the terms of visual learners and all this sort of stuff, comes from the common perception in education that some people learn visually and some people learn through uh, auditory sensations and others are tactile learners. Uh, but this has been shown over time in neuroscience research to not really be the case. It's not so much that we learn through these distinct pathways, but sort of a blend of each. And and there are some that uh, connect with others. But So uh, to be a visual learner doesn't mean you don't take in uh, auditory information and all this sort of stuff. So I, where I fit yes. in the whole curve of things, I mean, when I'm 
I, I, I'm still learning my learning style, to be honest. It's taken me, what, like however many years of schooling and, and higher education, but I'm still learning how to learn. It, mm. it de- depends on the but, content and all sorts of things. So, be, I mean, beyond beyond learning styles, though, if I said, like, can you visualize uh, an elephant? Mm. Can you see that fairly clearly mm. in your mind? Is it blurry? It's, is it, it is It is clear. Is it is there? clear, but it's not, it's not distinct, if that makes sense. So once I visualize an elephant, I'll be asking myself something like, why is that what I see? Aren't there other types of elephants? Or what sort of colors could the elephant be? Why does it have to be that color? So it's not like, hmm. it's not like a, a, a distinct image pops up and it's like, bang, that's a typical elephant. For me, it's I, I see sort of, yeah, multiple things, if that makes sense. I, yeah, I, yeah, I'm fairly similar. That okay. does make sense. Something something more close to you then, but can you see like your baby's face, for instance? Quite oh, yeah, in yeah, 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 stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, okay, yep, yep. so there yeah, you go. Yeah. You'd okay. hope. I mean, I think so. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say yes. Okay, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. eventually this, is, so, this podcast. Yeah, sure. Every, every day, every yeah, second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so look, the, I think the key takeaway really from from this paper is that there are uh, clear differences found um, in people's ability mm. to visualize. Um, and it sort of confirms that there are people that can't visualize at all, um, which sounds like a problem, but it, it may not mm. be. I think, um, so some of the associations with aphantasia, the inability to visualize stuff is kind of, it's generally more stoicism from what I understand. So you don't really like reflect on past events in your life as vividly. So, you know, if you if you go through a breakup or something, you can't clearly see like the the face of your your ex-partner. Um so it doesn't affect you as as much. Mm. Um where the hyperphantasia would probably be associated with with greater nostalgia, um you know, more more emotions, more fears, which I think is really interesting. And and interesting in terms of the advent of technology and how that influences our perception. If you if you rewind the clock before photographs were a thing, probably these mm factors would influence uh, even greater so we'd have more of a reliance on our on our visual capacity or visual imagery abilities but if you think yeah. about it now if say if i had forgotten uh, what my son looked like and i'm getting panicked what i'm doing now i just <laughs> flick open my phone and i see a photo and then in the same way maybe people who had a long life partner who had passed away uh, and trying to recall what they looked like over time. Uh, it would have been a more challenging thing to do back in the day, but nowadays you can look back on photos and, and reminisce and recall. So perhaps it, yeah, yeah it varies. Well, I mean, even now where like I've have your face up on zoom, mm. like I'm, I'm watching <laughs> yeah. you through technology yeah. as we speak, whereas previously we'd be on, on the phone. Yeah. And I'd have to like imagine your imagine my face. I mean, you don't have to. It's not a criteria for it. We we could have easily have just done this uh, through the audio <laughs> medium. We don't That's actually. True. I'm going to turn off. I'm going to turn <laughs> off my video right now, just so that I'm. I'm go. going and for the rest of the podcast, I'm going to visualize you as like Vin Diesel or, or Will I, Smith. I don't, or someone. I don't know if that's the purpose of this exercise. I think it's more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't also understand why you immediately tilt down your screen. You can just tr- you know you can turn it off on Zoom. You can just like click the button. Like, <laughs> There you go. Well done. Um, So this is a new experience, isn't it? Look at this. It's just uh, you and I just talking to a blank screen. It's It's definitely unsettling. If anything, it's Um, it's probably attuning me more to your voice than than not so. It's not so much. But I I definitely don't miss your face. Like I I don't find I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not regretting this decision at all. It seems. (laughs) So while so while you pay me, I'll 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 flip that. I 
you're you're the sort of person that kind of struggles with directions, and I think that might be linked yeah. to aphantasia. Yeah, almost. So is is that is that? Uh, firstly, can can you confirm that you you generally struggle? <laughs> getting around <laughs> getting around yeah yeah look look my my sense of directions poor poorer than than probably your average person i would i would argue that uh it, it could be somewhat related to the visual cortex but the hippocampus is a region of the brain where it's really responsible for the spatial navigation so there's probably some issue in this area or a lack of uh I don't know, exercising of that muscle on my behalf. But yes, I, I, I can't confirm. There's, there are difficulties that I have with navigating, especially new places, but even familiar places. It's, it's, it could be difficult, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's really interesting. I don't know. I honestly don't know if it's the same sort of part of the brain. Um, but I know that when I'm sort of, if I'm driving somewhere new, then I'll like at least look at a map at least once to, to understand you know, I, I can sort of visualize the the pathway that I'm going to take based on the map, and I can like visualize the map as I'm driving. Mm. Um, so I find that pretty useful. Whereas I know that some people sort of like use landmarks. Yeah, um, my problem, my problem which, uh, historically yeah. has been the landmarks haven't been uh, notable enough. So I'll be like, I'll I'll turn right at that big tree. It's like, oh, there's several big trees. I should, or even once so I was like, oh, well, there's a McDonald's. Uh, that's where I need to turn right. And there were many McDonald's in that suburb. So uh, McDonald's are <laughs> not as rare as I guess they used to be. But no, definitely, I I, I definitely don't have that capacity or ability currently. I, I mm. yeah, if I was to look at a map, I don't think that would do me much good. I would probably. Uh, yeah, fall apart. Really, it would it would it wouldn't be useful at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. How are you with uh, facial recognition? Um, it depends on the person, I guess. Uh, I mean, poor mm. poor in general. I I, I guess uh, there's, I guess when I think of uh, students, uh, there I, I do I, I make an active effort to learn student names and student faces, and mm-hmm. so I, I I get a printout of what student names and fa- and they're matched to faces. So I, I essentially study that. So I, I I put in more effort to have a better than average recall in those things. But if I just left myself to my own devices, yeah, it'd be awful. It would, yeah. Now yourself, would are you great at yeah. facial uh, recognition? I think I'm. I think I'm generally quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. But then I, I often think of there's a, there's a guy that works at a, a cafe in in Neutral Bay, Sydney, mm. and he's famous for just remembering people and their orders. And there's this story of like this woman who went in one time and then returned three years later, mm. and he remembered her name and her coffee order. Wow, was <laughs> which is yeah, pretty pretty that crazy. Is so I think I think it's a I think there's there's quite an incredible spectrum. Mm. I mean, s- speaking of, uh, of this this yeah. recall, uh, this isn't really a test mm. of your visual memory, more attention. But I'd I'd be right. curious to yeah. know what is. Uh, do you know what colored shirt I'm wearing? Plus, what jumper I'm wearing? If I was wearing a jumper, oh, absolutely not. Mm. No, I have no idea. Uh, and uh, it's like a bluish. Completely wrong, aren't I? Wow. Yeah, there, there you go. So, I, and I honestly, I was just thinking this question. I don't know the same answer for you. I have no clue what you're wearing. Maybe like a gray top, but you're that's that's more me relying yeah, relying on uh, your usual gray tones of the clothes. You know, I, I just know your <laughs> wardrobe. But that's, I mean, that's less so this autobiographical memory that's being accessed, and there it's more attention. There's loads of videos online about 
you know, people who check their phone uh, and don't even remember what time it is or, or the the actual act or it, what, it's what you pay attention to is what you remember in part. So uh, there's a whole bunch of factors playing in there. So I wouldn't read too much into that anecdotal experiment. Yes, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think it would probably be fair to say that there is a, a fair link between memory and um, visualization. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so yeah, and, and, and attention, a, right? So what you can only remember and, what and you're paying attention yeah. to. And so that already shows you the limited mm. amount of information that we take in. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So well, I mean one of the one of the important questions coming out of this is can like can you actually improve your visualization skills or is that something that's kind of like genetically ingrained? Yeah, and and this is, Do you have this an is well, I I don't have an answer and I don't know where uh, mm. I, I would I would it depends. I don't really know too much about these things, aphantasia and hyperphantasia if these are actual mm. Uh, how, what the ways in which they categorize people into these groups? Uh, because if you, yeah. th- there are some categories or diseases where uh, people generally don't revert back to what is typically uh, termed as normal, or others in which they, uh, with which they do. So I don't know whether there is capacity for movement. But what's interesting is they they note in this study uh, that uh, aphantasia and hyperphantasia are described as occurring in around 1% to 3% of the population, which is uh, mm. which is quite large. I mean, they don't say which population. Um, uh, assume, I'm yeah. assuming it's the world, and there's no <laughs> reference to that. But uh, they, I, I don't know. Mm. But it, it gives you some sense of uh, the prevalence of it. And I wonder how many people mm. don't realize, because how do, how do you know that you have one of these conditions? You only know, you, yes. you may assume that what you see is what others see, which is, uh, yeah, always never the case. There's such diversity, but people may just assume, oh, this is how most people encode uh, visual information. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, they they used F- fMRI in this mm. study, but I, I think that was really just to, to track kind of relations between parts of the brain, um, whereas to like determine the existence of aphantasia, it's generally anecdotal. Oh, no, you mean but- self, like they're self-reporting that they're poor? Uh, in terms of the autobiographical recall, is it? Or yeah, that's look. I you know if if someone if someone reads the paper and, and understands that better than me, um, let let me know. But I think that's what I picked up. I think um a lot of a lot of the research um that this Adam Zeman has done, um has really just been like conducting interviews and talking to people and understanding their experiences and then and then tracking that um as best he can but it still seems also like really early stages of, of study mm. of this mm. um and quite quite difficult to to get accurate results about about it as mm. well um but to, to answer my my question before about whether you can strengthen their skills i, I sent you a, a um, article about it which kind of at the at the end sort of mentions yes you can improve your skills um Main, mainly through like uh like yoga and meditation right. and mindfulness right. um i don't know if that's um verified <laughs> anywhere do you do you, do you meditate no do you... i i i don't i don't i don't personally meditate i mean i tried it from time to time but it's not something i ingrain in my daily practice but i did notice mm. in the article they said at the end that they assume that people who had uh, aphantasia, which is poor visual imagery uh, abilities, they would struggle with these activities of of meditation. Uh, I I yeah. find that interesting. I, I don't. There's no. I've read bits and pieces about meditation. My my thoughts was that it was about the focus on a on a single thing. So focusing on your breath, focusing on a particular picture, or focusing on on one point. So um, it's interesting to me that 
there is a relationship between those things. Uh, sometimes maybe the absence of visual imagery may be a benefit uh, in some in some mm. cases, but I'm, I'm not sure. But uh, in terms of, yeah, I, I just checked into how the participants were recruited and it seems that it was self-report. So they reported imagery, vividness, uh, and how what the quality was. And so that's how they characterize um, people somewhat. So, uh, right. yes. So immediately a little bit unreliable. Yeah, to somewhat. I think they had, uh, it seems like they had some tests, uh, neuro- neuropsychological tests to further confirm this, which would make sense. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. lots of lots of factors in it. And and I think it's, the sample size is, is somewhat low, but it, it may be, uh, it's difficult to judge because not only, it may, you may say the sample size is low as well, but it's uh, a proportion of the population. If one to 3% of people have these conditions, it may be very difficult to recruit. So perhaps in relation to the population they're looking at, it's quite a reasonable sample size. Um, but yeah, really, I, I think interesting study. Uh, well, I mean, what would be your main takeaways from, from this study? What do you, what do you think? Uh, look, I think the thing that, that hit me the most was kind of the um, nostalgia, like being able to reflect on past events um, with, with a more emotional response. Like that that really hit home because, yeah, I've, I find that I struggle to get over things more than others. Like, for instance, my brother, who sometimes <laughs> listens to this podcast, he sort of, he sort of gets – he's very stoic. He, he'll, he'll, he'll move through things very, very quickly, mm. whereas I, um, yeah, I, I generally like dwell on the past a lot. Um, I also get like cravings more. I think that was another thing that's sort of associated with, with stronger visualizations mm. because you can imagine yourself like having a cigarette or, or, or a beer or something that makes you want it mm. more, which, which is also links to a, to a number of, um, you know, psych- psychological disorders, uh, which I hope not to have, <laughs> um, but yeah, this, uh, yeah, that, I, look, I don't know. This is, uh, this is kind of new, new terrain for me. I really only just starting to think mm. about it today. Mm. So I think a lot more thoughts are going to come sort of after this. I'm a lot more realizations about myself. Yeah. 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 How about, how about you? Any, any big takeaways? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, what, I mean, there, there are so many, th- I think it's an interesting area of research. Firstly, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of even these terms. Uh, mm. I, you could assume that with any trait, there's some level of variability, but it's interesting that they found people who have, uh, a really distinct, difference in visual imagery than others uh, it makes me just reflect more on my my own personal uh, ability and capacity to engage in visual imagery and, and think about what the as you as similar to you what, what the consequences of this could be uh, I think it's you don't want to draw too many conclusions and you never know what could uh, be the outcome but it, it, it is it does make logical sense in in what you're saying in regards to visual imagery and and the desires that come from thinking about say chocolate or cake and what that elicits but on the other hand it does also uh, probe the question where we started the podcast with uh, how people who have blindness what they uh, what they dream about and in the same way are there differences in in cravings is it less of a stimulation or is it just that stimulation is counteracted by other sensations and so there's just there's just a whole bunch of other questions that are popping up uh, with this, but it's a really interesting question. Fascinating. I'd encourage people to, to have a think about how good their visual imagery and autobiographical memory is, but yeah. 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 Well, I think, I think that it's, it's inconclusive. Like if, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, wow, I can't see anything in my brain. I, I must have aphantasia. I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't like rush to the doctor. No. 
Um, I yeah, I think you know there's there's a fair fair number of people that that you know have have this, and I don't think it's a disorder. I think there are you know benefits and shortfalls to having it. It's just you know p- people are different mm. is the takeaway, not like some people have a That's problem. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad I'm glad yeah, you agree yeah, with the, that. The, as I said, like you could you could do this. We see this in all sorts of measures. There's diversity in in how people. Some people are are better in all sorts of uh, yeah. Any any measure you take, you'll have this distribution as we see. So yeah, com- completely understandable that it is there. And it's from what I read, it's 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 not so much that they're trying to tie it to some sort of clinical uh, condition. They're more just trying to see what the outcomes of this are on things like autobiographical memory and other. Uh, con- condition. So it's yeah, re- really interesting. I, I'd encourage everyone to read the paper. I don't think we say it enough, but every podcast that we do, we link the paper in the description. So uh, if you're ever interested in the paper, you want to read it uh, a bit more closely and, and understand more of the details, you can check them out in the link in the description of the podcast. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and clearly this is a, a fairly new new topic for us as well. So like, please share your mm-hmm. thoughts if you have anything interesting or worth That's sharing it. or any just personal criticisms and attacks, whatever, whatever you feel like. Now, uh, um, our, our email is midnightconversationspodcast at gmail. And Stephen, I think uh, to finish up, do you want to either play the guitar or the listeners at home could visualize what it would uh, look like for you to play the guitar? And, uh, look, that's it's, you've pro- provided the the perfect escape for me to not play. So, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, please, please visualize yeah. me playing. Yeah. And uh, I is this is this the way we move forward with our podcast, Stephen? Is it is it just a is it going to be a lack of visual imagery from now on uh, on our screens? Uh, do you enjoy this format a bit more? May, uh, well, I was thinking we could just not do the podcast at all, and people can visualize the podcast. <laughs> each week. That that'll be our fiftieth episode. We'll do. We'll just put up an empty <laughs> empty audio file. That no, sounds good. All right, awesome. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast, and uh, we'll see you next yeah. time.